Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. The kind of professional woman that conservative men want professional women to be. Yeah, quiet. I have goosebumps because I hate him so much. He's so disgusting. Yes. My mum signed me up to the Young Liberals. Oh my god. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Cheek podcast. This is part one of our two-part series on women in politics. In this episode, we talk about Julie Bishop, Julia Gillard, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, and we also touch on Penny Wong. Hannah also shares a secret that's been 10 years in the making, unbeknownst to her, which we both found quite comical, but also quite terrifying. Hope you enjoy the episode and make sure to come back next week for part two on women in politics. I don't know enough about Julie Bishop, but I think that in some ways not knowing enough about someone who was such a prominent female politician in Australia kind of proves it like... She wasn't all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I um, made a whole podcast episode about her own PR and politics, mm. my personal podcast. That was a lot of peas with my sister. Um, I just think that she I just feel a bit let down by her to be honest yeah and I feel like she was the token woman for the Liberal Party absolutely and I don't think she I think she felt as though her being a woman was enough to tick the boxes and she didn't use her position to fight for women no and I also anyone who knows me will know what I'm about to say but I could not stand when Julia Gillard made her misogyny speech and then the media went to Julie Bishop and was like is Tony Abbott a misogynist and Julie Bishop was like no he's not and then a few years later after she left her what was pushed out of her job she said Tony Abbott was a misogynist yeah I remember you talking about the podcast about like obviously she couldn't have said it at the time Mm. but it's just even people who voted for Tony Abbott know he's a misogynist. Yeah. Clear as day. Yeah. In his entire value system mm-hmm. is based in the based in patriarchy. He yep. is a total man's man. And I think it's like, Julie, fucking come on. Yeah. I, I don't know what she could have done. I don't know what would have made me pleased. So I think it's like, in some ways, it's unfair to yeah. be like, oh, she lied. Because of course she lied. She's trying to keep her job. Mm-hmm. And when she lost her job, it's like the truth comes out. Literally, I was reading up on Julie Bishop yesterday and the thing that was most prominent when I googled her name, the articles that came up, were um, how her red high heels were a prominent feature of the 2018 leadership spill. Like, a lot of people took photos of her shoes. They were, like, bedazzled red heels. And I I saw, like, so many photos. And I just thought, oh, it just says so much. Obviously, the media's portrayal of her is not her fault, but I understand, I understand. But... I honestly haven't... I I can't even think of any speech I've listened to her give. I can't think of any sort of empowering policy. I can't Mm. think of any thing she's done that's empowered women in politics or that's even made her a prominent person as a female in the Liberal Party. Like, I completely agree. She's a draw card for them to say Mm -hmm. they support women. She was the first Australian foreign minister that was female. Um, But again, it's like she was always just this silent person in photographs yeah. she was such a quota to me yeah and the thing is i looked up her history and she's had a brilliant career as a barrister mm. like it's just so confusing to me that i literally don't know i can't even think of a single quote no a single event in her timeline besides like her actual positions that she's held i don't recall any time that she fought for women at all and she also uh i think this was she said this also when she finished up in the government Mm. but she said that like when she was 60 she reported that sometimes people didn't listen to her when she was the only woman in the room and at the time she didn't understand why and then later on a few years down the track she figured out it was because she was a woman i was like are you you so privileged that you just figured that out it was also confusing to me because I remember th- I watched an interview with Malcolm Turnbull um, on the ABC when his book was being released last year. Mm-hmm. I remember that he was talking about the spill and the vote and someone said, like, what about Julie Bishop? And he was like, oh, that's just not. And he was just like, Julie was never going to get the votes. Like, there was yep. no turnout for her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, she's been a prominent member of that mm-hmm. party in really prominent cabinet positions yep. for years. 
But is she a prominent politician? No. Again, it proves how much of a draw card she was. Yeah. How much of like a, a woman's card she was for the Liberal Party. Mm-hmm. That like Malcolm Turnbull, who is actually quite a champion for equal rights, I yeah, find. Like he's me too. as far as liberal PMs go, he is not liberal. Yeah. Um and for him to say that I thought that says so much yeah. about her character and sort of um yeah, she's not a champion of women, I d I don't think. I think she got through by just like playing a man's game yeah and i but don't in even... some ways you support that sort of a view like oh, i was just no it's okay i was about to address that actually <laughs> so sometimes i think that people that a lot of women and we spoke about this in a previous podcast but particularly second wave women the second wave feminists embrace male traits to get by i don't even think she did that though i think no. she kind of just like skated by really quietly and like didn't make a fuss like obviously when people were ignoring what she was saying she didn't do anything about it because she was like oh i don't know why they're not listening maybe they're maybe i'm invisible to them like that she like there was some quote from her saying that it was like she was invisible or it was like that they were deaf to her her words i think she's not yeah i agree with you she's not playing the man's game i think she's skating through being the kind of professional woman that conservative men want professional women to be yeah quiet and she's she's actually a really stylish conservative woman like Mm -hmm. her dress is always like like i think that when you think about her, like people comment on her outfits and things, she's a stylish woman, but she's also the, also the politician that released a perfume yes. and things like that. Mm. She really moved through the ranks, being a woman who um, is happy, wants to be in a professional position, but will not stand up to the boys, yeah. and kind of just like sort of flitters through and and got through on um, them wanting to uprank a woman for their look. Yeah, exactly. And she was the perfect person yeah. to do that. I have a question for you. Mm. This might be a bit controversial, but do you think that perhaps some women voted liberal because she was there as no, the token woman? I don't think so. I mean, there's one, mm. but, but generally, you don't think so. No, I. I think if you're a liberal voter, you're a liberal voter. Yeah. Um, I don't think that Julie Bishop even had enough of a political identity mm-hmm. for people to be swayed by that. Yeah. I think maybe when they look at the lineup, I think Julie Bishop is the perfect argument point. If someone says, oh, there's not even enough representation, yeah. then someone draws Julie Bishop out in a member of the public, a yeah. liberal voter. Yeah. But if you're a voter, I don't think it bothers you whether mm-hmm. Julie Bishop's present or not. I think it's a symbol in your mind of yeah. representation because I actually can't think of another... Um, like from that time, yeah, from say five years ago, I can't even think of another prominent liberal. No, I mean there aren't very many. No, it is Julie Bishop, yeah. but again, she's so silent to me. Mm-hmm. Like Gladys represents so much more, and I think that's probably the product of coronavirus. Yeah, um, and just the prominence of all the public attention and the fact that they're fucking on the news every single minute of every single yeah. day. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think it's the difference. Interesting. I, I it was something that crossed my mind, but I think you're right that it's somewhat they it, it is like an argument card. Mm. It's just like if someone does start to have a go because the liberals famously have in quotes a woman problem. If you haven't watched the ABC or Four Corners, mm. what is it? Uh, it Four was Corners. a Four Corners episode. Yeah, yep. it's on um, iView. It was focusing on the sort of sexist issues that are kind of concealed within um, Parliament, particularly to do with the current Attorney General. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Christian Porter. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Who's a bit of... Uh, appears to be a disgusting pig. Yeah. Yeah. Appears Allegedly. to be. <laughs> um, not to anyone else, apparently. They were like, oh, no, he's fine. Um, and there was someone else. Uh, I think it was the... It was the one, the minister human who services. had the affair with the uh, media lady. Yeah, it's the minister of human services. I feel. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And nothing really happened. Oh, and one of the classmates who spoke out against Christian Porter was removed from the bar, yeah. the bar association. Really? Yeah. <gasps> Just for speaking out because she was one of his classmates at University of WA. Oh my god. And yeah, they they stood her down. And they were like, "It's nothing to do with the Four Corners episode." Well, then why did it happen? Uh, she'll be okay though, because people will give her a job. Yeah. After that. Um, that was disgusting. And also, like, because I did kind of have it, I had a, you know, use that uh, Four Corners episode as fuel in my debates with a couple of certain people in my family. <laughs> and they were like, you know, it was about the Liberal Party, but it's not just the Liberal Party, which I understand. Yeah. Um, and before we move on from, from Julia, 
I'd also Julie. just like to... <laughs> There's too many Juleses. Before we move on from Julie Bishop, I would just like to note how angry it makes me watching her in the background of Julie Gillard's misogyny speech. Oh, sorry. I know we cut through that a bit, but I completely agree. Whenever I watch that, is she, like, nodding at... She, she just sits there. She sits there blankly looking at... Yeah, I don't yeah. think she nods. I don't think I she does like, anything. No, she doesn't. Because I, I was thinking, is there a response that she nods at? But no, she's just blankly staring at Gilad as if she's yeah. doing something wrong. Yeah, like sitting behind Tony Abbott and all of those, mm-hmm. like, scomos there, I think, as well. You just know there's been a conversation that, like, a locker room talk situation between those men in mm. the Liberal Party that yeah. Bishop's been a part of. Yeah, and for sure. She hasn't said anything, but she knows. How t- it just, I guess it really makes me mad and coronavirus has made me extra mad at how many issues become political issues. Uh. But when you have someone who is such a misogynist, like, and also, like you said, that mentioned the leadership spill, they were, they were bloody spilling all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand why Julie Bishop was just there and just letting it happen and being like, no, I didn't see it. And, like, saying that stuff to the media, it's just, uh, I don't know. Like, I see why, but honestly, at that point, when you are, have a position that's that high, I just feel like it's not an ex- like it's not good enough. Yeah. Makes me mad. It, I, I will always feel sorry for Julia Gillard. Yeah. Always. And I remember when she became uh, Prime Minister, I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I have really rough memories of it. I remember going into school and it was when carbon tax was kind of coming oh, into yes. play and everyone was like, this is the ridiculous. And when you think about it, it was a really progressive. Very progressive. For that time. Because what it was, at 2012? I think so. It was very early. Yeah. And I remember, th- because even as a child, I couldn't understand what was wrong. Like, I, I couldn't understand why media. people disagreed with the policy so much because yeah. I was like, you are literally charging people so very little per ton mm. massive corporations actually holding large corporations accountable yeah for their environmental impacts yeah why is that evil mm-hmm. and it was just so disconcerting to me because i remember all my classmates being like oh my god and i was like you are like my parents were hardcore liberal voters mm-hmm. i my mom signed me up to the young liberals oh my god i'm not sure if i if this is a horrible <laughs> i'm gonna say this on my birthday this year, so in July, mm-hmm. I got an email from the Young Liberals saying, thanks for 10 years being a member. Happy birthday. I had no idea I was a member. You didn't know until the other day? I didn't know until July <gasps> when I had like literally unsubscribed and left. Oh my so God. I was signed up when I was 10 because I was really into debating and public speaking. And my mum was like, obviously my parents are liberal voters. And yeah. she said like, why don't you sign up? You could go to like an event. You could like start doing debating like outside of school. Oh my and, god! And they and they didn't contact you for ten years. No, I think it was going That's to my rude. spam and just one oh. made it through. Yeah, but I never saw an email before that. I, they made it made it through because it was a personalized email. Yeah. So now Ooh. I realise that if I ever go into politics, that's actually going to be on your record. Mm-hmm. Oh I would, my god! I would never, ever run as a liberal candidate, ever, ever, ever. So now I'm like, fuck. That's like worse than we drunk can face do some photo. PR around yeah. that before you vote before you, you run. <laughs> but yeah, I got to air that because that is just the shame of my 2020, honestly. 10 years. Oh my, you, your mum would have to speak publicly about that if you were to run. Just Sorry, mum. I don't even, I can't, like, I don't remember signing up. I might've even been with her, but I was like 10 or 12. Yeah. So. Just doing some prep for when you run. Anyway. <laughs> that was just a bad sidetrack, but <laughs> Oh yeah. my God. If my mum hears this, she's going to be like, oh shit. Uh, yeah. I, maybe I should check I wasn't signed up to anything. Um, oh dear. That's traumatizing. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> God, I had to tell you. Actually, I forgot I didn't tell you. Uh, David thought trauma. it was the funniest thing ever. I was like, this is actually seriously annoying. It's actually could be bad should you want a oh, yeah. career in politics. Okay. Okay, let's move on. That's oh, it's <laughs> as big as an issue as I thought it was at the time. Like, I thought I was exaggerating. It's not. It's actually No, it's wrong. really bad. Yeah. For, I mean, for, for a political career, anything else then it's fine, I think. Yeah. But if you want a career in politics at some stage, the email's going to come out. Speaking of emails that are going to destroy you, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I I actually, and I think this is an issue that most people are unwilling to admit, but do like have an involvement in this. (laughs) 
The email saga before the 2016 election was actually incredibly difficult to understand. Yes, it was. It was a complex issue which I haven't wrapped my head around yet because the only content I really um, consumed has been Hillary propaganda. Yeah. Because I watched an SBS documentary for Hillary. Which basically gives the explanation that... She, when she became the Secretary of State, she just combined her email servers. Yeah. And she used her the same server for her personal emails as her work emails. Yes. And then when the CIA yeah. demanded her emails, she gave them the work emails, not but the not private. the personal emails. But, which makes sense. Yeah. But that's one side of the story. So, yeah. And essentially, the side of this, the, policy wise, that's actually perfectly allowed. Previous secretaries of state had done the same thing. That's mm. why she did it. It but was she's a, a Clinton. pattern of behavior. She's yeah. a Clinton. She was a nominee mm. for the... Yeah, she was a Democratic nominee for that year. She was a woman. Yeah. Um, and the reason is you're supposed to hand over all your professional work emails that are, like, attached to that server. But she had a lot of private emails that with, like, friends of hers that had cancer and things mm. like that. So a lot of it was personal. There probably may have been emails we don't know about that she classified as personal that should have been handed over. I don't know if that's part of the issue. Yeah. But essentially the issue was that people thought she was being deceptive. Mm. One, for using that server yeah. um, for both personal and work, and they thought that was against policy, which it wasn't. Yeah. But also that she was deceiving someone or manipulating the system because she wasn't handing over the entire yes. set of emails. Yeah. But then I think eventually she had to. I think so, yeah. I also... So... I, like, watched this part of the doco series very intently because, the, again, like, for me as well, the emails thing went totally over my head. Yeah. I don't really think it reached Australia in the same way. But I also think that people in the US didn't understand. No, they it was just, just like, oh, my God, like, deceit. She, and also part of the issue that I remember it being that they highlighted in the doco that I didn't really realise was this whole issue happened, like, before the nominee, was it, like, before yeah. she became the nominee? Yeah, it was but supposed to be done. 11 days before the election, yes. they launched a fully-fledged investigation into it, like a CIA investigation. Yes, so, after the grabbing by the pussy. Yeah, so it became this, like, federal issue mm. two weeks before an election. Yes. Which is huge. Yes, it is. And from my PR perspective, and to be I'm, I've never been, like, Hillary Stan. Honestly, I didn't even know very much about her. But when I saw the doco series came out, or I saw it pop up on my feeds, and I was like, oh, that might be interesting because I really don't know a lot about Hillary. Yeah. I wanted her to win, obviously, but I didn't think that much about it because I was like, Trump is the alternative. Yes. And I thought, woman president, cool. So I wasn't like a massive fan. But when I, after I watched the doco series, I came out of it with a lot more respect for her and a lot more understanding. And honestly, from a PR perspective, I just thought that I think that they were telling the truth about the emails because otherwise, because their response was kind of like, what, like, what do you want me to, yeah. I, I don't know why it's a thing. That's Should what I her apologize? whole team, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Her whole team was like, we didn't, we came out of nowhere. We didn't understand. And the thing about it is if it really was a problem, they would have prepared for it. Yes. And it was they, more they of had a the confused. best Exactly. They had the best of the best on their team. They yeah. wouldn't have had a media team who didn't who weren't no, prepared. We'll understand the policy. Exactly. Around that. But then and I haven't actually watched I don't know if it's a movie or a series about the guy who headed up that investigation. Mm. And I know that it's out on something, one of the streaming platforms. Have you heard about it? No. Probably will it's watch called that. the Comey Rule. So the Comey Rule, I haven't watched it, but apparently, well, it does go into why he kind of because you know basically because he started the investigation, Trump lost the election. I mean, Trump won the election. <laughs> if only. Um, and that is kind of the like that's widely understood and yeah. and agreed upon. So it goes into why he did what he did mm. and. Again, haven't watched it, but basically I think it's he apparently he just legitimately thought there was some corruption that needs to be investigated. And he said that he didn't he was neither a Trump nor Hillary supporter. Yeah. But everyone said he was just doing like Trump's dirty work. Yeah. So but I don't know. I don't know. It's just I just think that it was too conveniently close to the grabbing by the pussy because that wasn't a big enough that wasn't as big a deal as it should have been no absolutely and by that point it was like hillary has won the election and this is the nail in the coffin well like yeah i think when that video came out everyone thought here it is mm. here is clinton's win and yes. then she was more like uh-uh, i just don't think so no exactly i mean i think it's really interesting because i think 
something that the documentary communicated to me, <sighs> Hillary Clinton, I'm surprised in some ways because Hillary Clinton presents as all the features of a woman that a more conservative country is going to vote in as their first president. Mm-hmm. She's quite private. She's quite emotionless in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and so in many ways, I was thinking like, this is the perfect person to be the first female president because she is a more centrist left yeah. sort of Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very practical, pragmatic leader. She's held a lot of high office positions, um, but she remains quite steady, stable and secure as a person. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of the spectrum, I feel like in many ways, um, America kind of wants an icon yeah, as their leader. Obama icon. They yeah. want someone new. They want someone to completely disrupt the status quo they've had for eight years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Trump was. I think mm-hmm. that's what Obama was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the public had too much history with Hillary. Yeah. Um, and I do think that Bill Clinton made her, but also broke her. Yes, I was going to say that too. Yeah. I was going to say she, I think, could have would have had it won easily if it were not for the Bill Clinton thing. But also we don't know if she would have had the opportunities that she had, had she not been a part of that. Honestly, again, watching the docker, I think that she could have made it on her own. Uh, Yeah. With some, but but it it would have been more like who, how many other men could have partnered Hillary? Yes. Because he's a very, like, special kind of yes. guy. And when I say, like, maid and broker, I mm. don't mean, like, that's the reason she's in the public eye. I mean, in I think, sorry, that's actually exactly what I mean. She is so successful in her own right. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea before I watched this series yeah. about how, like, honestly, I think she was one of the most definitive feminism, <laughs> one of the most definitive feminism, keep that in <laughs> one of the most definitive feminists of the second wave yeah 100% and I think that obviously she's kind of become more central so mm. some more moderate um as time's gone on but or do you think the world's just become more yes. radical yes because I think she now appears to be quite like a stock standard she's like your mum's hero yeah kind of she is <laughs> yeah and I think I was just shocked like watching the docuseries about like she changed her last name or she added Clinton because mm. I think the people of Arkansas needed that, like needed yeah. her as like a first lady of the governor to like give them something. Yeah. And it kind of depressed me so much that she needed to do those things because she was a law partner, but she had a full time, like she had a full time career, a baby. She had all these was things. making more money than. Yeah. Bill. And yet they were like, well, that's not the kind of lady we want in, you know, to marry to our governor, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was really depressing to watch because she was just such a hardcore. Like they changed her outfits. They mm. got her. Uh, that's there's a scene which Kristen told me and it kind of got me to watch it. Like it was one of the most influential parts. Is like where she's gone from being a part of serious key policy decisions mm. to then being like calling bingo at yeah. like a nursing home because they need to like change her look. Yeah. Her image. She also said uh, she kind of made a comment yes. that was not. So essentially. Um, there, there was kind of like a press attack like she was clearly overwhelmed and her response to one of the questions was like well what would you rather me do like sit at home and bake cookies yeah and what she was indicating with that statement like it was taken out of context essentially she meant like as far as first ladies go like is that what you mean to do instead of like actually having some sort of strategic impact in office yeah exactly but sort of america took it as like you disrespect the work of stay home yes. mothers yes yes which what she was actually saying was like that's not me yeah um and i'm like why you like what is your problem when i'm trying to do something and somebody who i know one of my close friends said when i was telling him about that i was watching the doco series he was like hillary has been groomed to be president for her whole life and i was like no no she's not not because she's a woman like she literally clawed her way up like i remember there's a part um, there was a part when they were kind of st- first starting to date where he was like, oh, you should run. Yeah. And then she was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Because I, where do you think that would get me? Like, exactly. The thing was, is that she was such a successful person in her own right. But the reason I think that if it was like, 
the way I say Bill made her, he didn't make her because he made her successful. That's not it. She was so successful. But the reason she's in politics was because mm-hmm. he brought her in, like, kicking and screaming almost, because yeah. she was very happy excelling in her in the legal field. Yeah. But she had opportunities to get into policy and, mm-hmm. like, making bills and, like, running campaigns mm-hmm. because she was doing it with him. Yeah. Where she wouldn't have given herself that opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And I honestly think by the time she ran for the nomination, um, like, against Obama, mm. she was at the point where I think the best politicians get to this point where they're like, I have to run because what's going to happen if I don't? Yes. Like, that's how I that's think That's why that a lot felt. of people – I mean, I think that's the – right reason to get into politics in a way like yeah that's actually why i ran for council it's like if someone's gonna do it i'll do it exactly it was like well what's uh, you know at some point you need to stop being like well that's shit and they made the wrong decision it's like i have to do it myself like if i want it to be done the way that i believe is right then i need to do it myself yeah and that's how i think she felt um running against obama and that's definitely how she felt the next time. Yeah. Um, particularly because, or even I'm not even talking about Trump, like just Bernie as well. Like she didn't think it was right that Bernie Sanders would win. Yes. Like she thought that he had the wrong ideas. We talked a little bit more about second wave feminists and we touched on Hillary Clinton in our Mamma Me episode, which is episode three of the podcast, if you like more after this one. And we talk a little bit about um, Hillary v. Biden. Yes. So I'm not going to go into that at the moment. But I think that, I think unfortunately the the fact that Hillary lost against Trump set America back a little bit yeah. in the quest for a woman president. But now we're looking at Kamala Harris, who is yes. arguably being prepared to become the president next term after Biden, yes. should everything go well. I think it's fine. Think it's gonna go fine. We've got like 20 days, don't we? It's like 20. <laughs> I, just... I honestly don't think Trump is going to. Um, I think he's done. No, I think so too. I think his own party started to turn on him. And yes, I don't think he's got Pence's support. Yeah. I don't think he's got Pence's blind support. Yeah. And I also think he burned himself out with all of these uh, lawsuits yes. that he's kind of like forgot. Well, I also think there's an, an element of acceptance here because he started pardoning people. Yes, and exactly. that's kind of an acknowledgement that yeah. it's going. Yeah, um, and you can't retain what you've got, so you're just going to sort of burn the bridges and save yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that they don't think he's going to go to the inauguration. That's really interesting. It's yeah. so disrespectful. Everyone had it's to go to better. his. Ugh. Well, a lot of people, <laughs> but but the important people went. No, that's what I mean. Like, Hillary yeah. went to Obama. Obviously, they had to go. But yeah, like, Michelle had to, like, kiss um, Melania, Melania. On, the, on the cheek. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about Kamala. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, I, again, spoke about this in my podcast, PR. Well, we also politics, mentioned we her also... in Mamma Mia. Yes, we also mentioned her about, Mia. We're talking about how people will come out, I think, and say things like, Actually, I've got you were having something to say, didn't you? Uh, you're going to say it. Oh, yeah. About like, I think a lot with is it Kamala. Yeah. I think a lot of people would say things like, "Oh my god, but she voted on one time this bill, this one provision, blah blah." blah. I think mm-hmm. we actually need to acknowledge and kind of move forward with like a this is a win. Yes. This is a win. Yeah. And it's exciting to have a first vice president a mm-hmm. first female vice president of color yeah moving in for the next four years yeah but i agree that it does it is sad that um with hillary's loss comes this sort of symbol of well it's going to take a while longer yes yes and honestly if it only takes two terms i think that's really good yeah. i thought it would take much longer i mean julia gillard has been gone for a while and we haven't seen another one there's no there's not even anyone on the horizon but even looking back i'm thinking like new zealand has three female prime ministers now Mm. and we had our our first one in 2010 10 years ago like america is so far behind yes but then again i do think hillary did overall have more votes so there is this element of there's capacity to win Mm -hmm. it's just that there's this definition and distinction between states yeah um 
it's hard because Hillary got so close against yep. Trump, but also like there was so much history that I'm actually surprised in some way she got that close. Me too. When I, and I thought that when I was watching the doco and I actually wrote an article called With the Weight of the World on Her Shoulders in, uh, you can read it on cheekmedia.com.au under the opinion tab. And I talked a lot about, the, and this is the film that I had throughout the whole doco series, is every time she, Hillary, kind of made an achievement... Mm. Or achieved an achievement? Um, had an achievement. Had an achievement. Every time... Reach. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Hillary achieved, she... It was it was like, I'm the first woman to win the Democratic nomination. Yeah. Or the nomination of either party. Like, she was... Yeah, I, I just it was feel like... Party. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I was like, but she also did it herself. She's not just, like, the first woman. Like, it was just really sad to it's me painful. to see particularly after everything that she's done i mean she was the first lady you could argue that she was more of a vp than a first oh, lady absolutely I, there's this there's that clipping from the documentary where they start to introduce both of them yeah and they say president bill clinton and the uh, first yes. lady hillary clinton because it again i think a, a huge element of that series was they were kind of the first team to run exactly there's never really been a woman in the first lady position that had this capacity to work and be a part of huge decision making yes, processes yes yeah. and you could argue that michelle did that but i don't think to the same extent as no. hillary she I, still kind of rode like the I th line i think that michelle obama was like a champion of the people yeah me too i think she didn't take in take on this sort of position of prominence in um political strategy strategic policy sort and of. I don't think she felt comfortable doing so. No, but I think that she definitely was someone who went out and ca the campaigning side of things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I think like all of the media that she made, like she was just essentially one of the most popular first ladies that's ever been. Michelle. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think Hillary was faced the biggest backlash out of all of them, really. She did. But then also if, Michelle Michelle could never have acted the way Hillary acted yes. because she's black. Yes. And so that she had like another hurdle. Yeah. Um and I totally agree that she was more the the woman of the more of the um the typical first lady duties, yes. but she kind of accomplished them to I don't know, with um a bit more involvement rather than she didn't really ever come across as the tokenistic first lady. No. Um I completely agree with that. Mm. I think she was and Michelle was always big on education young people and actually being out in the community yeah um she was definitely the face of that sort of administration in many ways without yeah. actually doing being in the rooms yes exactly yeah, because i completely agree the public wouldn't have accepted that no yeah definitely not and also i think that i actually when they were talking about oh kamala harris like the first woman of color mm. i was like what about michelle but michelle yeah, yeah i always forget that she's not wasn't actually like didn't have like a in quotes political role yes um but i think i i wonder if kamala harris would have been able to like if it would have happened if it weren't for a, like barack mm. and michelle i don't i don't know i think it's just like that whole connection like biden connected to yes. obama who first black president and then choosing yes. a, you know a woman of color as his vp running mate i think that was all interconnected and if it weren't for like one there wouldn't be the other absolutely and i also wonder because obviously biden's quite old mm. if he will be able to go for eight years if he'll be able to go again in four um or like i think there's a lot of sort of chitter chatter not just chitter i was gonna say chitter, so what the fuck. Um, <laughs> some chitter and some there's chatter. just been some chitter around the place about <laughs> it's like chat on twitter whether kamala could um run mm -hmm. as the democratic sort of nominee in mm -hmm. four years yeah um and i actually just don't think america's ready yet for, for a woman yeah right i just don't i still don't i think i actually do think it'll take two more terms do you think biden will run again um i'm not sure how their actual sort of like policy on these things works but what if he was to say in three years step down and then she was to take over for the final year as president oh, and so yes. that she, like as in how it kind of happened for gillard like yep. she wins in a spill or yep. like as a deputy moves up mm -hmm. then by definition becomes the president and then could get voted back in yeah yeah that's but my you don't thought. you don't think that she could you're not sure if america would vote her in I think they would re-vote her in if she was already president. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, it's so much easier to yeah. stay in. Yeah. Trump. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it's more like if she's got um, the experience, like if she's already been declared, 
and then she's had time to make policy be at the helm mm -hmm. and like obviously the you know the republican states especially the red states see the capacity there yeah um I'm not, look i'm not sure how much influence that would have anyway mm. but i think that it's like if it was if it occurred that way naturally and then she was able to run having been in the position for a year say yeah i think that's more possible than say biden in three years when the kind of campaign starts again turning yes. around saying i'm not gonna do it camilla can Kamala will be. Yeah. I don't even actually don't know how that works. So if he was to say I can't do it, if she would automatically then be. I th yeah, that should be the point of the VP, should it mm. not? I think so, but it doesn't happen in America. Well, check. this is the other thing. Like I, when you said that, I was like, will do I think Biden will step down after three years? How because old is he? Seventy-eight. Okay. But he has been trying to be the president since he was in his late thirties. So do you think he will, in quotes, give up his seat? It's not even that, but he'll be 82. He will, but he's been trying for But then he years. would be 86 by the time. He's done, in, he's done eight years. Yeah. I, I think that he um, would hand it over in four, but I think that, I think that the advisors would say, we don't think Kamala will get the votes to win but if you hand it over a year early, she might. I just, I, I would hope that he would do that. Yeah. But I'm just wondering because of all of that history, like how long it took him to get there, if he would be like three years is enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually agree with that. And that's why I think it would struggle. So say if he was like, I will do one term and mm. then some two, other two new people could run. As yeah. like the compete the democratic nomination. Yeah. I think then we'd struggle to have a woman because I think I, I don't I, think anyone would Yeah, I think you're right. But I really think that it's because of how prominent Kamala is mm -hmm. right now, um there's huge potential. Yeah. Because I think that be, as the first female of color as a vice president there is huge symbolism around that. Mm. And usually like especially in Australia, we don't really know who the vice president is. Like yeah. I don't really give a shit about Mike Pence yeah I, I mean i know he's a bit of a dick but that's all i think <laughs> i think oh god he underplayed coronavirus and people died like he's part of the problem that's yeah. what i think but i don't really think about him no i mean whereas because of how exciting and mm. symbolic mm -hmm. this partnership is yeah um and how much it means in sort of the next four years especially in a pandemic yeah i think there's huge potential for her to step up into a role that's almost alongside biden yes. as the president like the, the, it is really a partnership there more than like a, a above a senior and a junior and so i think there's more potential there for her to go further after that term it i don't know about what biden will do though like i well i think it's a good sign how involved he had he made her in yes. the whole campaign because there was like a lot of involvement like she was very involved and very in the public eye she made the speech with him and think about how prominent the vp debate was exactly in this campaign. no one's the fly uh, yeah but this is exactly <laughs> like i've never before like i've obviously never been this invested in an american election no but even the vp debate was like huge she yeah. was viral for a lot of things she said in that debate like yes. it, it is massive mm -hmm. so i think it has a lot of weight this time around yeah i also think joe biden and i actually learned a lot about him this is this episode's not about him but i learned a lot about him yeah. <laughs> in like the lead up because i wanted to read more about him and there's a really good um the daily episode about oh, him yeah. about the amount of times that he ran for the nomination but I actually think that at this point in his life, he really, I'm sure people, lots of people disagree, you might even, um, that he is actually doing what we said Hillary's doing. He's running because he was like, this can't go on. Like, I think that he actually has got the, you know, what he thinks is best for America at the front of his mind. And I think that is... It, one example is the fact that he selected Kamala, the fact that she is a woman of color, the fact that she doesn't agree with him on anything, on everything, the fact that she would be someone who could be a really good president and he could be getting her, you know, prepared for that, for a handover in four years or three. I, I wonder, like that does bode well, in my opinion, for, yeah. to have her up for next time. I mean... It's hard because when you th I think about opinion, I think, but if he's ran so many times the nomination, mm. 
is it still like a, well, someone's got to do it because he's obviously been a, like, everyone knows Joe Biden for this. Yeah, like, you're Everyone right. in the world really knows him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, obviously, yes, but there's still this ache probably to be president. Like he's yes. been going so many times. It's just the perfect opportunity because he's the most pragmatic um, Democratic nominee at the time. Yep. And uh, the best match for Trump. And obviously in many ways, I don't know that much about Bernie Sanders. I know that my political leanings align more with Sanders than Biden in some ways. Mm-hmm. I think I took like one of those policy tests and I was more left-leaning for Sanders. Yeah. Um, but I think that if he was the nominee, he would have lost. He definitely would have lost. He was too left. Yeah. I align, my political leanings align with Bernie Sanders yeah. predominantly. Not, not Actually, not overwhelmingly, yeah. but I had a balance majority. between Biden and Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and however, when I watched the doco series, I liked him a bit less. Yeah. And again, I mean, this is Hillary propaganda. You're designed to like him less, but I yes. really understood the angle she was coming from when she essentially said, like, Sanders is a career politician that really didn't do much until he was 41 and he got elected to something. And yes. he's not really someone that does things, he just says things. Yes. And obviously I agree with the policy. For an elderly white dude, incredibly left-wing, which yeah. is really impressive, Yeah. I just was kind of concerned about how he would get things done and if he could live up to his promises. Honestly, I think the things that I didn't like in, in him are the things that I don't like in the radical left, which we're actually going to be talking about in an upcoming mm. episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But I think that there were, like you said, a lot of times where he was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And Hillary, who is a stickler for policy, is like, that's not possible. Yeah. You, like, you can't do that because she's someone who, and this is another reason why I don't think she uh, dis- was deceptive with the emails because yeah. I just don't think it's it's not her. She would be like, she's why is this not allowed? Exactly. Yeah. She is a, and has two real followers. Yeah. This um, is the thing, we like, connect. I, again, I'm not like the most, the ultimate Hillary Stan. If it came to an election and she was versus Donald Trump, of course I'd vote for yeah. her. But again, it depends on who's on the other side of the coin in this situation. Exactly. But again, I think the point she outlined with Sanders are fears that I held. Yeah. Um, And that is that I agree with his policy points. I agree with what he's trying to do and the ways he's trying to move that country. Yeah. But I don't think that there's, I, I, there's got to be some stepping stones in yes. order to implement the policies that they want to um, implement. It, it's yeah. just impossible to execute under the sort of government they have mm. um, what he wants to execute. Exactly. And so you kind of need someone that the right can swing towards. Yes, exactly. And I think that's the person who is successful, is the person who can make the most people happy. It's just yeah. like Malcolm Turnbull in Australia. Like, I vote Greens, but do I think that Australia would be in a good place if the Greens became the majority tomorrow? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Because it would be it's a huge Yes. It would be a, turnover. Exactly. And obviously it'd be impossible for that to happen. Or well let's just say something like um the Hillary Trump the twenty sixteen election when um this is making a lot of, you know, generalizations and assumptions that are not correct. But if we had a system that allowed a popular vote not to be the vote yes. and the Greens won the election, the country would be a mess. Not as much of a mess as America, but no. it would be I think, not good. I think it's more like, I think it's hard to like sort of um, imagine. Yeah. I think it's hard to imagine what would happen. Yeah. Um, again, I exclusively vote Greens, but I think that in many ways, and we will talk about this in future, the Greens are aiming for the stars yeah. in order to drag Labour and Liberal slightly to the left. Yes. They're reaching huge heights in yep. their left leanings for mm. good reason mm-hmm. um, in order to drag some sort of policy, some all policy across by an inch. Yes. And working hard to do that is valuable work. I yeah. completely agree with it. But then a lot of their hard policy that they want to implement, if they were in power, I'm like, it's so difficult to do in right this second yes exactly and again a lot of it's a construct i get that like money is money and blah blah, blah. but yeah. in the current systems we have right now yeah in order for our country to prosper we need to take the steps to transition yeah appropriately well we can even look at what happens when you know marriage equality i think marriage equality it, i think probably more worse in quotes in america than what happened in australia but the fallout from that there was a lot of vitriol um hatred for our fellow human beings a lot of like drama that fell out from Mm. that and just think and that was what 50 
something percent it of was 62 percent of the vote was 62 yes. percent of the vote was yes and so we had that's not a reason not to do it Obviously, no no no. of course we, yeah. not but just like for an example like that was quite a majority for a political you know yes. vote or whatever you want to call it survey yeah um but and even then even though it was 62 percent of people said yes there was still so much fallout so imagine like what could have happened yeah should someone who is so far left start bringing in these policies that are just yeah. something that hadn't even crossed the minds of so many australians yeah. like it would have just been a but mess there are certain things where i'm like no that actually should happen now things yeah. like marriage equality i'm like the fallout's terrible it's disappointing to see that so many people are so disappointing just wrong yeah. honestly it's blatantly disgusting that sort of view that mm -hmm. people shouldn't be allowed to marry yeah they want but things like climate change yeah that should be on moving far left quickly yeah like that sort of thing imperative that that moves also now. it shouldn't mean like climate action shouldn't be political exactly i'm not talking about that we're not talking yeah. about things like that there i think there's other policy like when they say things like university should be completely free now yeah i'm like actually the system that we've got <laughs> works quite well it works quite well i'm yeah. not saying it's perfect no. i think it could be made better and given more opportunities to lower middle and lower income households yes. yeah um but and i think there's a lot of change that needs to happen in terms of the recent changes that have ma been made with university costs yes. and tertiary degree costs and how that's yeah. sort of been equated at the moment particularly how it is advantages women who take maternity leave yes yeah. and it just, just honestly it just disadvantages poor people who are trying to live to survive through their degree like yeah oh well you have to you know drop out and wait how long if you failed a certain amount of subjects like mm. the only people or you have to or your hex is cancelled and you have to pay yeah the only people that that um hinders is people who live below the poverty line and kind yeah. of like i couldn't afford to pay for my degree if i failed a few subjects yeah every rich person ever can take it a million times like it's yeah. just completely ridiculous where they've structured that mm but making like, it free it's like with the same-sex marriage rate it's like the perfect point was penny wong who's the labor leader in the senate um obviously a incredibly prominent australian politician who is asian and gay mm -hmm. um and she had a problem with the plebiscite happening in the first place just because she hated the nature of the conversation and the debate that was occurring mm -hmm. and how disrespectful and vitriolic it was yep. towards gay people and members mm -hmm. of the lgbti community and like you're absolutely right like it's the nature of the discussion how we have discourse about certain issues in this country it's like the greens are reaching for the stars in order to like bring some sort of line yeah to the major parties but it's like at the end of the day it's still so offensive and repulsive the way the conversations had it is and the one of the reasons that the marriage equality um plebiscite was it even a plebiscite it yeah. wasn't a referendum it was a plebiscite because um referendum constitution yes yeah. one of the reasons why that was so vitriolic is because tony abbott was at the front of it mm. and like headed up the no camp yeah and that made it so much worse to have somebody so i have goosebumps because i hate him so much he's so disgusting yes. and he's not even a good leader well <sighs> i think everyone shat on malcolm and i understand why yeah I understand why because he obviously agreed with um gay marriage he was the prime minister at the time liberal leader um and he really really supported gay marriage being legalized in the country yeah um this was the only way he could have that's the thing i think that he would have struggled to get a bill through because the bill had tried to be passed multiple times before and yeah. failed yeah and i think that the plebiscite although it cost a lot i was worried that the yes vote would come back and it would take a long time but it didn't mm. it went through swiftly yeah which is crazy because the response was overwhelming to get a 62 yeah. percent majority is like quite significant yes. especially with a debate that seemed so equal yes it's it seemed like the no vote was so much more prominent and dangerous than it, it turned out to be it, yeah it did um, it definitely did but it's still horrid if you're a gay person in australia to know that that many people voted against your basic rights and to even have to go through the whole process which yeah. was penny long's point making really. people vote yeah exactly and also a lot of people said oh it's just like a ploy to get all the young people to enroll to vote and the way that it was structured because it was a postal vote was kind of like you know anti-young person yeah <laughs> yeah there was so no online system blah, blah. yeah exactly but i also don't think i mean they don't have any online systems for voting yet no so it's they weren't going to whip one out yeah. of nowhere i do think um i have a lot of time for malcolm turnbull even though he is a righty mm. um and again this episode's not about him 
but I think that that was the only way that he could have gotten it done was to have like the voice of the Australian people yes. behind him. But I, the conversation didn't need to be so bad. And Tony Abbott got a platform at every single turn, particularly because his sister headed up the Yes Camp. Yes. Which was lots, lots of things. I don't know what, I don't know an adjective to describe it. But that was a mess. Tony Abbott is such a spider. Ugh, he's a cockroach because he, he never dies. It's true. Doesn't matter how much you spray I don't know him. What... Boo. Poor Julia, who I took up against him. I was reading, because I'm a big fan of Julia, but then I was, I remembered about, there's some things I do disagree with her. I mean, part of it is the same sex marriage debate. Obviously, she's an unmarried atheist woman, childless. Go her. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I remember when she yeah we talked about this I think recently but when she released her new book she went on a QA, and a and um, part of it was she was saying like I didn't really um, sort of front the same-sex marriage debate and like take a stance and and push it because she's like I just hate the way that we value marriage in society yeah I feel you yeah but again it's not really your place to decide mm. whether someone should get married or not because you don't want to. Yeah. Um, but I also agree that when she was in leadership, we weren't ready. As a country, yeah. I don't think the yes vote would have come through. Like It would have been harder to push that bill through. If I we mean, got a not. Yeah. We weren't ready. The Conservatives were not ready. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think actually the last 10 years has done more than we think in terms of moving left. Yeah, I think so too. Um, also, imagine what would have happened if that vote came back no. Like, we would have, it would have been pushed back, back so far, yeah. which is um, a sad reality. It is so sad. But it's like, I also was reading up and I forgot about, like, the Pacific Solution that she basically brought back in um, the sort of deportation of asylum seekers to Nauru and Christmas Island. Right, So, yeah. like, that kind of stopped for a period and was on hold, and then she brought it back in. And then I read this whole article on her saying um, that when that happened, like, she thought it was, like, a human rights humanitarian decision because people were in the water drowning, and mm -hmm. so she moved them somewhere because she had no choice. And it's like, well, you could have moved them here. I just thought it was a little a, bit um, Tony Abbott's stir up the birds. Yeah, it was just an odd. And I, obviously, again, every politician has to toe the party line at some point, yeah. in some way. Um, but that's huge. Mm. Considering the person that she is and the stance that she usually takes as a Labour leader. Yeah. Um, it surprised me because I forgot about that. And then when I was reading, I thought, oh, you actually did reinstate one of the most traumatizing aspects yeah. of Australian law. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think that's one important lesson that I've learned like every year that I've gotten older is that like people aren't all good no, yeah. <laughs> like she did I think Julia did a lot for women in politics uh -huh. um I think that she I don't I don't know I kind of want to say that she did make a lot of mistakes in my eyes yeah. not necessarily in everyone's eyes but like that is one of them um but I also don't think she was truly given the platform to lead on her own yeah she like she always had terms. someone yeah. whispering in her ear which was always going to happen for the first woman unfortunately yeah. and um you know thank you to her for doing that because i hope the next woman is is given a little bit more freedom and autonomy yeah. over her own you know policies i mean that's me I'm, i shouldn't assume that julia gillard regrets that policy because um, she's never said that she does. But but there are a lot of times where you could kind of see like, oh, someone's told her to do that. Yeah. And she's doing it. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>